Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Have you started? Have you started your baking? Have you started making mashed potatoes and putting them in the freezer? What are you up to? What are your holiday? Are you in a holiday frenzy? I want to know what you're cooking. 81807. I still haven't gone through my Thanksgiving leftovers. We all got sick, so then we had Thanksgiving like 10 days later. So I'm all I'm all tumbled up. But you, I bet you're not. I bet you're leading life like a regular person. I really want to do spritz cookies. I've decided that's on my top of my list. I'm going to get out my Grandma K's uh Sour cream spritz cookie recipe, and that is my number one thing that I want to make for Christmas. What is yours? 81807. We're going to talk about all the things, all the holiday foods, and you may be saying, but I'm gluten-free. I don't want to be left out of this conversation. Well, you will not be because I have gluten-free heroine of the Twin Cities. Molly Miller is here. If you're a gluten-free person, you know her bakery. It's called Sift Gluten-Free in South Minneapolis. She brought me a bunch of cookies. I've been having jam thumbprints for breakfast, and that is a good way to start your day. Um, But it's kind of interesting that she's able to make all of these things. I know a lot of people, such as myself, are very intimidated by the gluten-free situation because it's like, I don't want to just sit around with xanthan gum, like, you know, in a vial. How do you do this? Molly is here to tell us all the things. Molly, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. All right. So tell the people, like, you weren't, you didn't grow up, you know, with a gluten-free lifestyle. How did you, how did you get into this whole gluten-free situation? Well, I always grew up baking, um, but I went gluten-free about 10 years ago to try and control symptoms of Crohn's disease. Um, so that's the that's the real like Crohn's disease is where your body cannot tolerate gluten. It makes you deathly sick. That's celiac disease. That's celiac, celiac disease. disease. Yes. Oh, okay. Crohn's is another um, inflammatory disease of the intestine. Oh. And I just in my mid twenties, I got sick that um, no doctor was telling me how to eat. You know, I didn't understand how a digestive disorder could affect someone so badly, and a doctor would never address it via diet. And so I actually took it upon myself to learn more about food, and I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York and became a holistic health counselor and kind of went down the spiral of all the different ways of eating, whether it was vegan, you know, paleo, Ayurveda, all the different things. And gluten-free was the one that I noticed the most acute difference for my symptoms with Crohn's disease. Really? And so, but you didn't, I feel like a lot of people go down that road and then they're just having a, a lovely gruel of coconut oil <laughs> and uh, amino acids or something. Yeah, it's not the road you went down. You you kept on baking. No, I love food too much. I Yeah, I had to keep baking. So yeah, about um, five years ago, I opened SIFT because I had been experimenting with family recipes mostly, but also anything from Bon Appetit or an b- online recipe, a blog, and I would just convert it to be gluten-free because I didn't want to be left out. And um 
started selling at farmer's markets and things took off and we grew the wholesale business and we're now at like about 30 coffee shops, co-ops, restaurants around town. And yeah. So if there's a good chance that if somebody's been eating gluten-free in the Twin Cities, they may have already tried your stuff. I know yeah. that you, like if I go to Red Wagon Pizza, their dough is your dough. Like yep, you they're gluten-free crust from Sift, yep. Uh, yes, yeah, so I should say they're gluten-free. They make their own dough, but then they, it's hard to make a good gluten-free pizza crust, and so they can't, uh, I mean, I've heard that from so many chefs, like it's really hard to do. Yeah. Okay, and now this is what I want to know. Because I feel like gluten-free has gone through a bunch of stages. Like it kind of, from my perspective as someone who doesn't eat gluten-free, it was like, oh, everything is made of rice now. There was like this puffy period where everything right. was very um, light and crisp and would go stale really rapidly. Mm-hmm. Like there was that phase. And then there was a very complicated uh, proprietary flour Phase where every there were all these like, marketing companies that would be like you know and you look at their label and it was all these gums and stabilizers right, yep. and um, stuff that I didn't feel great about. But you you've gone like a whole other road. Like you just have been making your own recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, from a flour perspective, we have our own recipe milled by a flour in North Dakota or a mill in North Dakota, um, and it's a mix of brown rice, sweet rice, millet, sorghum, and tapioca flours. And I just came to the recipe after years of experimenting. Um, there's a weird thing in gluten-free baking that I find if you get too many starches, things are often – they might look really pretty and look very similar to not gluten-free things, but they leave a really funny taste in your mouth, like a chalky aftertaste. Um, they get a little bit gummy. So you want to make sure you have the ratio of, of from whole grains to starches correct. And so I think that for my what I make, the, the recipe that we have from a, from a flour perspective – um, works really well with all the recipes, and we achieve the right texture. Yeah, so if, I guess I should do an explainer. Gluten, if people don't know, it's a protein that's in flour, right. and it's in a bunch of things. Like it's in wheat flour, of course. That's the mm-hmm. main place it is. But then it's also in a lot of things that people maybe you know think of as not wheat, you know, rye or uh, mm-hmm. barley. Barley. Mm-hmm. So you have to go with things like millet, and yep. rice and brown rice. That's interesting because your 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 food tastes like food. It doesn't taste Thank like uh, chemical. Well, that's part of the fun with gluten free flours. Is all of those different flours impart different flavors and textures and make things really full bodied and interesting. Sometimes even in a way that your just your typical white wheat flour can't do. So that is part of the fun that I try and use to our advantage is to use those flours to create flavor. And you also, um, one of the things I love about what you're doing is you kind of stick with the real, like the Midwestern core recipes. I love <laughs> that you do a jam thumbprint. Jam thumbprint. If I had to pick like a desert island cookie, it might be that might be the it might be it. And then because of your farmers market heritage, you get to kind of get the real the real good stuff. Yeah, I think. I've never been a fussy baker. You know, I enjoy a good croissant, or I did back in the day before I was gluten-free. Um, but I've always just been a, an at-home baker, and so I think that's a lot of what the things we make are reflected in that way. They're what you'll find in your grandma or your mom's kitchen, um, things that you've made for years. And, I, you know, those are the things that are hardest to give up if you've gone gluten-free. You know, you miss things at Christmas time, You miss the pies in summer, things like that. So we just tried to get a lot of those family favorites down that everybody enjoys. Yeah, you and I connected. You had been, uh, you know, it's like I tried your stuff at the farmer's market and then, you know, it kind of fell off my radar where you're getting your business all launched. And then um, this summer I was thinking about Christmas because that's how magazine people work. <laughs> We're always like way in the future trying to plan things. 
And I was talking to you about your Christmas cookies, and you do the you do the prettiest. You're currently selling the prettiest classic Christmas cookies. Thank you. Yeah, we've been putting together um, the last few weeks boxes of Christmas cookies. Um, it's four different flavors. We have our jam thumbprints, um, the sun butter blossoms, which are a take on the classic peanut butter Hershey kiss cookie recipe, but these are dairy free and peanut free. Um, we also have our chocolate crinkle cookies, and then our ginger orange cookies. That's nice. Yeah, it's 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 important that people are not left out of the cookie exchange, the cook, the Agreed. holiday sideboard. I feel very strongly as a mom and as a food person that everybody should get a cookie if they want one. Um, and it's uh, you know, those things are so symbolically important. The the cutout cookies, like how you know, I can't imagine getting through this month without the <laughs> access to the important pretty cutout cookies. Exactly. We sell them actually naked in our retail freezer. So they're not frosted, um, but they are allergen-free. Um, they're dairy-free, corn-free. No, I don't think they do have a little bit of corn in the form of baking powder, but they don't have eggs, um, and they're peanut-free. And so we get a lot of requests from people who have you know, a church or a school function where their kids are decorating cookies and they need to bring something that you know doesn't have peanuts, and they want the gluten-free kids to be able to have something, and the dairy-free kids, and so people have been coming in to buy those by the dozen. So we oh, have those available, nice. and then you day. can just throw them in the freezer, yeah. and you know somebody comes by who has um, you know an allergy or a sensitivity, then you can just kind of pull them out. Exactly. Yeah, oh, I love that. That's good. It's such a nice. I thought you're a nice Minnesota spirit of sharing <laughs> and including everybody. That's just how it should be. We had uh, Rick and Lee uh, from the Star Tribune in a couple of weeks ago, and Rick was saying that he thinks that the peanut butter blossom is, in fact, the perfect cookie. And so I love that you have a, a, a peanut-free one. Yes, me too. That is the one, my one favorite Christmas cookie. So I had to make some version of that. So. And I do love sunflower seeds, like the underrated, the underrated seed. Well, and you just wouldn't guess that it's sunflower butter instead of peanut butter. It, to me, the taste is pretty much identical. So, all right. So, tell me about launching. A, tell me about the entrepreneurship side of things. Like you, I mean, like a lot of people have recommended the path that you you've, you've tried it, right? So, you had another job, and then you started doing farmers market tables on the weekend. Yep. Um, so when I started SIFT, I was working full-time as a writer at an ad agency, um, and I just started selling on the weekends, and it was the side hustle was real, as they say, you know, nights <laughs> and weekends, a lot of baking, a lot of experimenting. Um, and then there was just a time where it just felt right. You know, the wholesale business had started growing, and I just logistically, there were no more hours in a day. I had to give up something, and I just thought, you know, I'm going to quit my corporate job, and in six months, if I'm scared, I'll figure it out, but... I haven't looked back, and that was over four years ago. That's amazing. And how is it, you know, do you have the the support? Are you able to do all of the, you know, the bookkeeping and the marketing and the all, you know, all yeah. of those parts? It's a lot. I'm definitely learning every day. <laughs> and I have a good team of people, you know, whether it's a good accountant, a good bookkeeper, a good attorney, um, fabulous employees. We have the most amazing employees at SIFT. And, um a lot of people I can trust. And so, yeah, you can't and do it all you, by yourself. How did you put together that team? Is it just like luck or did you? I think a little bit of luck, definitely. Um, you know, hire people you know, hire people who people you know know. <laughs> and, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of word of mouth. You know, the food community here is very, very small but very well connected. And so, you know, you just start talking to people and you get recommendations and yeah. All right. And so um, I got a question on the text line, 81807. You do cakes. 
We do. We do cakes by special order. Um, we need 72 hours notice. We have six-inch cakes or nine-inch cakes. Both are double-layer, and they're all gluten-free and dairy-free. Oh, so we really have a couple curvy. decorating styles. We have we can write on them for you, sprinkles. Yeah. Oh, sprinkles. <laughs> they are so cheerful. All right, so World, if you want to check out Molly Miller and her bakery, Sift Gluten-Free, you can go visit her in South Minneapolis, or you can check out uh, her website. And Molly, your address is? We're located at 4557 Bloomington Avenue in South Minneapolis. Zip code is 55407. We're also pretty active on both Instagram and Facebook at Sift Gluten-Free. All right. So it's just so it's so nice. And I really do appreciate you bringing me some jam thumbprints, getting me <laughs> on the holiday spirit. Oh, it's, uh, it's just really great. To, I love to see an entrepreneur such as yourself getting up and going. It's a, it's astonishing. Thank you. I'm proud of you. All right. Awesome. (laughs) We come back. We're going to, oh, let's see. I don't know exactly know what we're going to do. Let's see if we can get these recipes up. They're not quite there yet. Maybe you have to save them for next week, but uh, we will, and we're definitely going to have Fred Haberman. He launched a new company, which is groovy. It's called Freak Flag Foods. And why does he want another company? Who, who he did or Urban Organics, and he has uh, this uh, modern storytellers. Where we'll find that out before the noon hour tolls, and also just you know text me. Let me know what you're cooking. Eight one eight zero seven. Dara here. All right, the text line is filling up. You people are inspiring. Got somebody cooking a cranberry pudding. I'm very interested in that. Is that? Is a cranberry pudding like a bread pudding with cranberries in it, or is it a, is it a more of a saucy fruity thing? Oh, I got a text from Judy. Used to make spritz, but my main cookie now is Russian tea cakes. Those are just strong. Twenty eighteen is going to go down as a year of Russian tea cakes. Everybody is feeling it. They aren't Russian. Some call them Mexican. They are just delicious, fluffy little buttery bundles. All right, so Judy used to make spritz, but main cookie now is Russian tea cakes. My daughter brings them to her office party, and a dear friend loves this cookie, so I am sure to bake them for her birthday on December 20th. Merry Christmas from Judy. Oh, Judy, you are a good one. Look at you making sure to celebrate your daughter's Christmas, your birthday on the 20th, and not just folding it into the holiday. That's what's... Oh, my sister's birthday is the 23rd, and we always just basically, it's like a speed bump on the way to Christmas. Like, is this even happening? But not you, Judy. You're you're better than us. My my son's birthday is the 18th, and that's enough of a distance that, if, you know, that you feel different. But the 20th, oh, another good friend of mine's name is Noelle because she was born right before Christmas and also had a little birthday holiday conflation problem. Uh, Patty is texted in. She is making homemade spaghetti sauce from her secret recipe. You tell us you're making that secret sauce. People are going to come creeping by, try to find out what is your ingredient. Are you putting Are you putting bullion in there, Patty? Are you doing caramelized onions and regular onions? I might I have to send some spies out to get Patty's secret spaghetti sauce recipe. I have a, spe- a secret spaghetti sauce recipe. That's kind of hard to say. But my secret is smoked paprika because that is really good. You should, Everybody should put that in your sauce. It's very good. Just a little bit goes a long way. I know you think that's crazy, but it's good. And uh, I got somebody who texted in. I inspired 
her to get my krumakaka iron out, as in the waffle iron, except the krumakaka is a six-inch thin lacy cookie that you roll up on a dowel. I love a good krumakaka. I love all the Scandinavian cookies. Give me your sand buckles, your krumakakas, all of it. It's uh, I went to Ingebretson's the other day, and I put up a big post at Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine, mspmag.com, on why everyone should just only shop at Ingebretson's, the heritage Scandinavian market on Lake Street and 21st Avenue, where it has been since 1921. Uh, I got three pounds of Swedish meatball mix. The lady in front of me got 21 pounds. I was so astounded. I was like, oh, I just want to follow her around to see how she lives. What are you doing with 21 pounds of meatball mix? Is she going to portion it out to people in her block? Is she just going to have the best party that was ever had? She's a hero to me. And it was Hacked. I bet Ingebretsen's has a line around the block right now. If you're out there, if you're on the line listening, if you're streaming us, text me a picture. I want to see it. I might just drive by afterwards to see the line. It makes me so happy. They had all the crates of cookies everywhere. Everybody is just hugging. There's a bunch of people that go the same year, same day of the year every year, and then they meet people. I love that. I love it. Okay. We're going to come back. We are going to talk to Fred Haberman. He's got a new company called Freak Flag Foods. He's making some sauces. He's putting them in jars. We're all about it. And we are going to find out how a serial entrepreneur uh, makes a lot of sauce when we come back. Spritz cookies. Uh, All right. (laughs) I think Dennis is busy on a phone call, so maybe we'll talk. Uh, Where can I buy a dozen double egg yolks? That's on the text line. You can, I don't think you can. Um, You have to just soldier through a couple of cartons of eggs. And then I think save all of your whites and then make a meringue or make a lot of those kind of weightlifting omelets. You know, the the sportsy people, they love their egg white omelets. So that's, that's all you can do. Oh, I got a question. What did I do with my oxtails? Great question. I will answer when we come back. You might even have to wait till the end of the show to the ask me anything. We'll get some suspense built up here. What did I do with the oxtail? <laughs> we'll find out when we come back. All right, Dara here. So you know me. I am the restaurant, one of the restaurant critics for Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. You can follow me at mspmag.com. Um, that's where you'll see the Ingebrigtsen story on the heels of the Kramarchek story. Uh, don't tell anyone, but I'm trying to do a Cassetta story. I think that's for some reason people are just loving these. We're going to do all the heritage markets if I can just get there next week before the holiday. I'm be squeaker. It's uh, there's so much to do. I've got to wrap some presents. I've got to um, sweep my kitchen. My child is really into playing witches, and so she keeps grabbing the brooms and disappearing. <laughs> and then you try to sweep up the kitchen, and you can't. Because all of the brooms have been requisitioned for uh, playing games. And it's very cute, but also the floor is messy. So that's my life. My life also includes the wonderful Fred Haberman, who is here today. I didn't even write a paragraph about Fred Haberman to introduce him because I know this man. I have written about him. He started a PR company, Modern Storytellers. He knows everybody in the Twin Cities because of that. And then... He started Urban Organics, one of the people on the ground floor putting fish in buildings unexpectedly. 
Then Pentair decided, you know, this fish and building thing is awesome. Then they bought that. Now he's started a new company called Freak Flag Foods because I think he hasn't slept in 20 years. Fred, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dara. It's great to see you. It is great to see you. I, I don't even know where to start with all this. First, let's just do a little victory lap. Your urban organics thing, it worked. Yeah, that's, that's – uh, in terms of you know just the concept, which we wanted to prove, which is uh, uh, creating a, an indoor farm where we would use 2 percent of the water to grow uh, and raise uh, fish sustainably and then, of course, uh, filter out the waste and have that waste then um, provide uh, uh, – um, Nutrients, nutrients, for? and the like for the USDA organic greens. Um, now we have an eighty-five thousand foot facility, and uh, you can see the urban organic greens in, in a number of stores in the Twin Cities. So we're very uh, happy about that concept, and we hope that it'll be replicated around the world. And um, it's delicious. You switched fish. You started with tilapia. Nobody was into that. You swapped it out for Arctic char. Exactly. Everyone is into that. Yeah. Those Arctic char are good. They taste. They're kind of salmony. They're a little fatty. They're very light and fresh. That's good stuff. And I really like all the lettuces, the urban organics. You started with, you know, some kind of lettuces. Now you got must be half a dozen, the baby romaine. You kept away from the uh, E. coli and the deserts of the Southwest situation. So that's good. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty amazing concept to be able to, um, you know, we, we, we uh, import 85% of uh, our lettuces throughout the year from water-constrained areas um, that are also, you know, Southern California, um, Northern Mexico, and and of course those are also areas that that are subject to the vagaries of of, of weather. So you and, and and climate change. So here we have this contained system that provides a, a much more secure uh, way uh, uh, to, of course, uh, grow and provide fresh food at a, on a year-round basis. Uh, so we're very happy with uh, being able to prove that concept. You proved it. It was so successful. Pentair came in, bless them, they bought it. Now you exactly. don't have to fish wrangle or lettuce wrangle anymore. And then apparently you took about two minutes to relax, and then you thought, I'll have a new company. Yeah, it's a bit of an addiction. So the new company is called Freak Flag Foods, and really it's all about being yourself in the kitchen and in the world. And um, maybe like a fair number of the folks that are listening, uh, you probably get a recipe, you go into the kitchen and you look at it and you say, you know what, I want to zizzerzaz this up a little bit. I want to potentially put a little more garlic. So this this whole concept is, um, once again, being yourself in the kitchen. What, what what do you want to create? Every day you have an opportunity to create something. Every day you have an opportunity to self-express uh, in the kitchen. And so what we wanted to do was create a line of sauces that we call kind of master sauces. These are sauces that taste great by themselves or you can elevate your dish uh, by simply using the sauce uh, and and adding a couple uh, key ingredients that you like. For example, we've got this kick and curry mole where uh, if you want to create a, a wonderful fish or chicken curry dish, you just add a little bit more coconut uh, uh, milk to your dish and pretty soon wham, very, very simply, you've got a, a wonderful uh, meal. And then you have there, you've got this uh, zesty garden herb sauce and two more. One is a, a Kind of a, a mustard that tastes more like smoke than mustard. It's, it's not. a it's a red it's a red mustard. It's freaky. It's it tastes great. Um, and uh, we'll probably have a actually we will have a yellow ketchup coming out. Um, a yellow ketchup. What? I know it's crazy. Okay, and then you've got this uh, kale pesto. And these these sauces. Let's get this out of the way. They're available around town, right? Where are they? Yeah, they're available at Lund's Barley's. They're available uh, at uh, your local co op. 
and uh, uh, select Coburns and Hy-Vee, but, but really at all the Lunds and Barleys and the co-ops. All right, so I want to talk about your zesty green herb sauce, the zesty herbs. That's my favorite. It's very zingy, and it reminds me, if anyone's ever been to uh, – Oh, Crescent Moon, the wonderful pizza Afghani restaurant up uh, in central in northern Minneapolis and they or northeast Minneapolis. And they have this sauce and you just every time I they give you this sauce and it's green herb sauce and you can dip the pizza in it. And every time you go, you're just like, give me more sauce or like that's 50 cents. You're like, I don't care more <laughs> more. Give me, you know, you get five dollars worth of 50 cent sauces because they're so good. And this is kind of like that. That's what it reminds me of. This sauce took a long time to develop. Um, this is a sauce, to your point, that was really inspired by – we lived in Kazakhstan of all places. My wife and I did back in 1993. So it was really inspired by our travels through, as I call, the stands. And one of the restaurants also locally that I used to go to a fair amount when, when I moved to the Twin Cities in the late 80s was Da Afghan. And oh, they yeah, that had, was a great place. Yeah, I loved it. And they had this wonderful green sauce that I would uh, use with lamb chops. And then I started using – uh, I kind of replicated the recipe and um, started uh, using it with, um, you know, all kinds of red meats. But this sauce in particular I think is phenomenal with uh, lamb chops if for any of those lamb chop lovers out there. Yeah, I totally disagree. I think it's phenomenal with uh... – <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's why, that's why it's called freak flag food so you can create and do what you want with it. Some people like to, to put it on pastas and eggs, but what do you like to use it for? Well, I, I love your idea that we're all having an adventure every day. I feel very often like I am just like running as fast as I can to keep up with the, you know, the, the seven things I got to do. I got to get to the – Got to get to the commons at the grammar school to see the yeah. wax museum. And then I've got to get to the marketing meeting. And then I've got to uh, – and so I do really sophisticated food things like put a couple of hard-boiled eggs in a takeout container with a big sploosh of the smoky red mustard. And then when I finally get a minute to like eat some hard-boiled eggs at my desk like a boss, then they're not – they're better than they, than they would be. So that's – I don't know if that counts as like – expressing my personality and choosing an adventure, but it's quite helpful for my actual hectic life. Right on. So once again, these sauces are, are, are supposed to very simply and quickly elevate your dish. And I think that that's what you're doing. All right. Cause the very, the dishes I may be elevating are very often like sliced turkey that was in the, <laughs> that I got lunch meat and, well, uh, Right on. So I, I like the kale pesto, which is actually our best seller. I like the kale pesto just on a turkey sandwich. Yes. And I, I love the kale pesto with feta cheese. So that's, you know, if you want to be a hero uh, at, for your, you know, when you're bringing an appetizer, that's a good one. Oh, I like being a hero. So I like I. being a hero with minimal effort. That's a good. Especially when I'm rushing in <laughs> and I've got, I've got uh, no time and I've got to get to a hockey uh, party. Uh, for my kid, I can just put the feta, mix the feta cheese with the. Are you uh, a hockey dad? Well, I was coaching for um, six years, and as you probably know, we started the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships oh, in right. another I life. Forgot about that. And uh, so, yes, I'm still trying to get in shape for the U.S. Pond Hockey Tournament, and I've only played once outside this year. But we have good ice. But that's for another time to talk about. We got ice early this year. We did. And it looks good. I've been. I saw a bunch of people out on Lake of the Isles yesterday. I just love that where it's. Uh, it, it's it's a jewel. You just to be able to go out and play, and that was the inspiration. 
uh, going out and playing every day, four to five days a week at Lake of the Isles back in my early 20s and mid-20s. I just, it's, a, it's a wonderful place to live. Um, yes, we complained about how cold it is, but it sure is fun to be able to go play some hockey and then come home and do some cooking, which is actually one of my favorite things to do. Yes, because you really burn a lot of calories when it's 20 <laughs> below and you're out there. And the, I was uh, just running, I you know, was taking a shortcut around the lakes. Uh, I had to get to St. Louis Park a couple of times yesterday. And I like it was a zoop out once and this woman is just romping around with her husky. And I was like, oh, that looks so fun, just running around the lake surface. Like three hours later, I came back and she was still there. And I was full of jealousy. I was like, oh, that lady just spent three hours playing with her dog on the ice. Like how, what, uh, what kind of sucker am I? <laughs> Going from meeting to meeting to meeting. Like it looks so wonderful. Oh, it's, I mean, it's when, when we have these days where it's, you know, we have plenty of ice on the lakes and it's like 30 degrees and you can take your dog out and walk around on the, on the ice. It's just fantastic. I have become uh, screech owl aware the last couple of years and we're already in screech owl uh, like mating time, because you can hear them in the trees around dusk, and dusk, of course, being 3.30, but you can hear them in the trees starting at, you know, 4 or 5, just like hooting and hooting and hooting, and it is something that I did not notice, yeah, you know, five, ten years ago, but I'm very aware of now, and it is so, it is so lovely. Like, I didn't understand the seasonal changes in the middle of the winter, you know, like, mm. oh, like now the screech owls are mating and soon the screech owls will have their babies. It, it'll, you know, be January, but that's when their babies come. And so then they got to go out there and get the rabbits and the rodents and everything. And I got to I got to make sure I tell my my little cat to beware. Uh, is your cat going outside this our cold? Cats, our cats are crazy. We let them out and they'll they'll kind of run around for Oh, we're going to get hate so. mail cuz you're they're endangering the song. No, no, no. They 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 you know there's a interestingly there's a really uh fun New York Times um op-ed last week on letting your cat taking your cat out for a walk for about an hour. Um, now, of course, they had him on a leash, and people look at this guy as being kind of weird, but then they come back, and then they're purring like the lion lion or lioness they're meant to be on oh. your lap. There's a guy in my neighborhood <laughs> now who uh, he takes his cat out on a leash, and then he spends a lot of time photographing him. And I find all things sort of amusing, but sort of charming, sort of sweet. It's like, okay, I don't know. Well, I, th- I, I imagine this cat, if I ever found it, will have an Instagram feed. But I, haven't seen I, it. I, I love my teenagers uh, more than anything, but because we have teenagers, my wife and I, our favorite – our favorite kids right now are our pets, our two cats and our dog. <laughs> oh, the don't tell me that. My little guy is turning 13. I'm going to be a mom of a teenager any day now. It's happening. All right, so Fred Haberman, thank you for coming in, talking to me about your freak flag foods. I like that you're just – you. You did your pond hockey part of your life. You did your putting fish in a building part of your life. Now you're just like, it's all coming out. Just my freak flag is flying. Well, the self-expression thing has always been really important to me. I I really, the the brand is really about celebrating individuality, being yourself. And um, I think, I think it, we need to, we need to uh, lean into that more as a society for people to, especially with all the social media and blah, blah, blah. I just want to try to inspire folks, hopefully, in, 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 to a degree, to, to, to be themselves and to continue to create wonderful, positive things. All right. Yeah, because your real life is right in front of you. It's not on the screen, right? It's, it's also in – it's right in front of you. All right. So what is right in front of you? Text me, 81807. Oh, I got an update on this whole secret spaghetti sauce situation. It's happening in Deer River. Everybody, converge. 
Start looking into the pots of Deer River. We're going to get to the bottom of this. All right, you got more for me? What are you cooking? 81807. We'll have a nice Ask Me Anything at the end of the show. I need to know what you're cooking this weekend. And then I will tell you about the oxtails when we come back. All right, so we got a couple minutes for the Ask Me Anything. What are you cooking? That is the constant question. And then I've got somebody who's making another attempt at candied citrus slices. Recipes online are very different. Maybe today's will yield what I'm looking for. And please excuse the terminal preposition. Uh, I do not enjoy grammar. I am against it. You, know, you should. It, language is a thing that we use in life. The way that we use it in life is the way it should be written. I have been making this argument for many years, and I would like you to continue to make to make it on my behalf. We have a call from Pat in Hamburg, Minnesota. Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? It's my favorite show. I got a super oh, quick question. Thanks. I was gifted a really nice wood a pellet smoker this summer. Ooh. I've been experimenting in all kinds of things. I've discovered a new vice. <laughs> making bacon. Ooh. And I'm wondering if you have any tips for seasoning. Boy, I mean, the you know, people do so many different things. You could go in the traditional, just kind of salt and pepper. You can go in a different direction with, you know, multiple peppercorns. Some people add little tanginess with uh, sumac. Um, what are you, what are you, is, are you just putting it, frying it up in a pan with eggs afterwards? Yep, well, I've done my first, I've done my first 30 pounds of it, and I did real tradition. Nice. I learned that I got to cut the rind off, the skin off, um, and I have to see my dentist about that, but that's another story. But I'm, <laughs> so I'm doing traditional, and I've got another 30 pounds that I'm going to cut up. I brine it in vacuum pack bags for the 10-day thing, but I'm just looking for something interesting to do the next they did a little brown sugar a little of our own maple syrup i just wondered if that you would have anybody would have an idea of something spicy oh spicy so you want to get into the the peppers and that i would say so a lot of people do uh, kind of multiple peppercorns and that gets into almost like a pastrami flavor because that's really all pastrami is just pepper Oh, cool. Different kind of pepper. So you can really load on the pepper. And if you go to a specialty market like Penzi's, you will find that you can get something that's a pink peppercorn. And it's not a traditional peppercorn, but it does work in the – it's like a different plant and who cares. But it uh, you can put it in with it and it gives it um, like a, just a different – it makes it like a rainbow. Instead of just a rainbow with like blue and green, you get a rainbow with extra f- colors in it sort of. You know what I mean? Like it just has a, a tingly almost flavor to it. It's not um, spicy, but it's a different kind of spicy. So I would say maybe get some pink peppercorns. And, you you know, green peppercorns are uh, have a lighter flavor to them. And if you do different peppers like that, I would say if you're going to go into the chili pepper part of the universe, I do like the smoked peppers. And I, I I don't like Ooh, it. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so that's what a chip, that's what a chipotle is. It's a smoked I'm gonna pepper. I'm going to try it, and I'm gonna, I'll send you a couple pounds. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's the best question I ever answered. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Everybody else, I will be here next week, and we're going to do a call-in baking show. I'm going to have 
Zoe Francois, the famous baker. She made the nicest bush to Noel. We're going to talk about all of that next week. So till then, grate your nutmeg, whip your eggs, poach your plums, call your mom and ask her secrets of her cookies, and then spill those secrets to me. And I will see you back here next week on Off the Menu. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.